2: i'll call this episode vault oddities because the next three vaults on the list we we left off on vault 34 we did vault 34 with the boomers last time the next three vaults vault 36 vault 42 and vault 43 are what i would consider oddities kind of on the edges of canon vault 36 and 42 are mentioned only in the Fallout Bible. And there's a number of these that come up, but I want to address these because it's kind of this fun little group that are all kind of numbered close together, and we don't know of any other vaults between these. Vault 43 is actually only mentioned in a Penny Arcade cartoon from back around the launch of Fallout 3. And it's not even the focus of the cartoon. It's actually a multi- Uh, If you're you're familiar with the Penny Arcade comics online, and a lot of people are, uh, the the originators of Penny Arcade went on to make uh, packs and got huge, (laughs) basically, because of all that. But if you look through the comic, it's a series of three-panel comics, and there's about a dozen in a row that kind of tell the story of a vault. And the story that they're telling is about one man in a crate of puppets, and that's about a future vault, uh, Vault 77, and that's not what Vault 43 is about. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But let's start with the Fallout Bible vaults, the two that are mentioned right here. First, we have Vault 36. And the only thing we know about Vault 36 is that the food extruders were only designed to produce a thin Watery gruel. So, if we go back to the reason for the vaults, many of the vaults were constructed, actually the majority of them, with this idea of doing experiments on a population that is specifically closed off to any outside influence. Just like if we had a human population stuck on a spaceship that was probably going to have to last for many generations to get to a nearby planet another star so if if you look at it from that sense then this idea of reducing the food content to some sort of very minimal thin watery gruel probably a a minimal amount of calories per day very minimal amount of vitamins and minerals, the kinds of things that you really need, you know, uh, not so much uh, fruits and vegetables and, and proteins and those kinds of things, but just the minimal amount to keep a population alive. I have a sense that this is what this is getting at. So let's do a little thought experiment here. What would happen if you were part of vault 36 and you get in the vault, the doors open, the bombs are going off, you rush into the vault, they welcome you in. And the first time you sit down for a meal, you get this thin, watery gruel. It's kind of like a soup with just a few little things floating around in it. It's barely enough to keep you, make you feel like you ate anything at all. I don't know how, how I feel about that. That's, <laughs> I might first think, okay, well, this is an emergency. We got into the vault very quickly. Maybe this is all they could give us. And then you sit down for your next meal. And it's the same thing. And your next meal. And it's the same thing. And one of the things that happens in generations, and we've talked about this on the show before, is that we acclimate as humans to situations, but we also have expectations based on the environment we were raised in. So I can imagine if this vol were to survive a few generations, children being raised in this environment would assume that that's all food was this thin, watery gruel. That's it. So they wouldn't have expectations beyond that. But the initial group of people who are coming from the outside world who have snacked on snack cakes and and perfectly preserved pies would probably have a hard time acclimating to a diet of thin, watery gruel. Now, without anything else to eat, would that population stay in the vault or would they demand to exit at times in order to scour for supplies? That's where my mind goes. My other, my mind also goes to this idea of, well, would they become cannibals? Would, would the, the need for calories overtake their sense of reason and they would start killing and eating each other? Um, I don't think that there would be a a case where you have groups hoarding more food because the food itself isn't particularly valuable. Just because you have more of this disgusting gruel doesn't mean that you are better off. You just have more gross ghoul. <laughs> ghoul. <laughs> ghoul. <laughs> ghouls. Um, so I don't think that would be the case. I have a feeling that if anything, there would be a contingency of the initial generation of vault dwellers deciding to head out of the vault in order to brave the wasteland for whatever Supplies and other foods that they can get. I have a feeling that within a few weeks that that would happen. If that didn't happen, I have a sense that you probably end up with a very malnourished environment. A lot of very thin, sickly people and a reduce, you know, a reduction in, um, you know, this would be really cool. This this relates to the uh, <laughs> the dwarfism Concept I don't know if you guys know about this. Dwarfism is something that happens on small islands. And it's an evolutionary process where because on an island, you have a limited amount of resources that those who survive are the ones who require less resources. So you end up with islands where you have pygmy species of animals, many elephants and many people in some cases. And it's because it's actually easier to survive if you need less Nutrients. So, if these people were to survive in this environment for generations, would it be that they would be reduced in stature? After 200 years, would you end up with a vault that opens up into the world with a bunch of little people? The Hobbit Vault, maybe? I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. So, the next vault is Vault 42. And this is interesting, too, because it's the same kind of limitation, but in a different way. In Vault 42, no light bulbs were more than 40 watts. Of all the light bulbs provided in the whole vault, none were over 40 watts. And I don't know the last time you changed out a light bulb and accidentally put in a bulb that was too... Uh, too uh, small I guess for the you know accidentally bought like a 40 watt, watt bulb but a 40 watt bulb is not very bright it would take a number of light bulbs to really light up a room everything would feel dim almost like candle light and I have a sense that that it would be like that all the time because there's no sunlight it's not like there's windows in the vault the only lights that you would have would be these dim almost like candle light bulbs So what mood would that cause? Would you end up with, let's go back to evolutionary stuff. Would you end up with over time, the generations would get more adept at seeing in low lit situations when the vault opens up and they see sunlight for the first time? Would they all shield their eyes because it was just so bright they wouldn't be able to even see there's a similar effect that happens in fallout three when you first open up the vault and everything looks bright and the environment all of a sudden dims and then you can start kind of making things out in the environment. That would just be even more severe. I wonder if generations of growing up in a vault like that, you would end up with people who were avoidant of light. So 40 white 40 watt bulbs I don't know. I don't have too many other thoughts about that. My other thought experiment on that is that you end up with kind of this subdued tone. Uh, Humans have this reaction to our environments. We tend to take on just like clothing. When you dress in a certain way, you kind of take on the air of the thing you're wearing a little bit. Um, It's it's this psychological thing that when you surround yourself in in certain types of environments, you are more or less likely to act and behave in certain ways. This is true of uh, restaurants or homes. If you go in somebody's home and it's very nice, you tend to be a little bit more careful with everything. Um, And it's, yeah, it's polite, but it's also part of this feeling of matching the environment that you're in when it comes to setting up um, party situations lighting is very important because it gives you a sense of the mood of the room that's why you go to a concert or to a dance or something like that a celebration of some sort and there's colored lights and the room is dim but very specific things are lit because it draws your attention to them in a vault with a bunch of dim lighting I would imagine that you would end up with this very subdued feeling. People would speak more quietly. You would end up with this almost eternal night feeling. Then you have the question about hoarding. Would those with the means hoard more of the 40 watt bulbs and just have these arrays of lights? And you would end up with sections of the vault where all the lights are and everything else would be dim almost cave-like with a very bright area. Maybe the overseer has the bright room and people are only allowed to go in the bright room as a reward for being good or something like that. You could build a situation around that. So the last vault here that I have, the one from the Penny Arcade uh, comic, is only referenced in one panel in the comic, and you should go look it up. Go look up One Man and a Crate of Puppets, and I will definitely touch on this when we get to Vault 77. But the, it briefly mentions Vault 43, and it's kind of a quick joke. It's one of the one of the joke panels in the Penny Arcade comics, and if you've heard them explain what they do before, it's it's a three-panel comic, and they very much have explained that the middle panel is the joke, And this shows up as as a middle panel. That's the punchline. And the punchline is that there are some crazy vaults out there, including one populated by 20 men, 10 women, and one panther. And I don't think so. I used to listen to the Penny Arcade uh, podcast, and you could hear the two guys. um, What are their names? Uh, Jerry and Mike, that's what it was. Jerry and Mike talking on the podcast. This is years ago when I was listening to this, and they were explaining things like the the punchline is in the middle panel and that kind of stuff. And uh, one of the things they were talking about is, uh, and basically the podcast was about them going and just having this conversation where they were brainstorming ideas for comic strips. And oftentimes the conversation would just go one of them would have an idea, the other would kind of take the idea a little bit further, and then the next person, the original person, would kind of pull something in from left field. So you end up with this idea that was sort of funny, and it would evolve into just something absolutely absurd. And so that's the sense that I have about this, because there are vaults with like 100 men and 1 women, or 100 women and 1 men, and things like that. But this idea of 20 men, 10 women, and one panther. Like, (laughs) what is the point? Like, I don't understand. Obviously, 20 men and 10 women, limited scarcity, odd population balance. Okay, that makes sense. And one panther. Almost like, good luck, survive. There's a crazy panther running around in your vault. You know, like, obviously, one panther isn't made to reproduce and you know, coexist with them for any long duration of time. But what would happen if you had a vault with 20 men, 10 women, and a panther? I have a feeling that it would be kind of like a, a, an alien situation, um, where you have a bunch of people in a very limited space with one predator (laughs) that they have to deal with. Uh, I also have to wonder if they were armed or if they had any means to actually deal with this panther. Um... So that's about it for that one. It's kind of a joke panel, but it's kind of funny to think about. As I usually say with all of these, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about these different uh, very strange and very limitedly described vaults. There are some more of these that will show up in... Uh, future episodes but these three were grouped together so I thought I would kind of group them into their own episode and give you a, a sense of what those are like if you guys want to reach out to me and tell me what you think might happen in any of these vaults I'd love to hear it and I could even highlight it on the next show I've done that a few times where I've ha- taken stuff from the shows and you guys will send me stuff and then I'll highlight it on a future episode so um, you guys know where to reach me Fallout Lorecast um, at Fallout Lorecast on twitter and Fallout Lorecast at gmail.com and just send me your thoughts i (laughs) or actually you know it would be really funny is to have a, a contest sometime where you guys design your own vault and you come up with the absolutely most ridiculous premise um i'd love to hear some of those ideas too so send them my way hello there old chap. good to see another of general atomic's finest still eager to serve
1: If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them.
3: Why don't we ask the newcomer? You support the news? First ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what Hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials.
2: Hey friends, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. I'm so glad to have you guys here. I hope you've enjoyed some of the extra content that I've been sending out on the feed. Um, We've got all sorts of fun stuff going on with the network and new shows coming out. And it's just so busy with stuff. I hope you are finding at least some other shows that you can dig your teeth into and enjoy. Um, I had a ton of fun talking with Ken on the Robots Roundtable's first episode. That should be up and available pretty much everywhere except for like iTunes and Spotify. By the times you, by the time you hear us, actually, it's, still, it's already on Spotify. It's just iTunes always takes forever to get approved. So, um, if you are into hearing me and some of the other hosts from these shows get together weekly and talk about. The games and things that we've been playing go check that out look it up and subscribe to it on your podcatcher robots roundtable And of course you can always check out everything we're doing at robotsradio.net. and i'm Still looking for other new shows to add to the network I've got a few in my pocket that are you know I've been working on and will be releasing very soon and some other people that i've been talking to and you know It's it's always a process trying to find some good content in order to add to the network but um I feel like it's worth it, and it's actually a lot of fun to meet all these other content creators and get together. So I look forward to Robots Roundtable and being able to chat with them on a weekly basis. It's such a neat group of people with really cool perspectives, doing really fun things. It's, I don't know, I feel like this is going to be, I mean, this is a little sentimental, I guess, but I feel like this is a... Uh, kind of a foundation for this wonderful future of friendships that are going to be growing between me and other content creators. And then also you guys uh, interacting on Discord and being involved in this community. It really is an amazing thing how content like this and the games that we love can bring us all together. And it's something that I find phenomenal. And it's it just kind of, I don't know, Again, a little sentimental here, but it kind of warms my heart to think that this is creating a place for people to get together and talk about the things that they love and play games together and, you know, make the world just that much of a little bit of a better place when sometimes you're just having a crummy day or whatever. So um, thank you for being involved with all of this stuff. If you are interested in helping support the show, as always, tell a friend. Refer the show or the shows that you listen to to some of your friends. That's the biggest praise you can give us. Um, you can also uh, become a patron on patreoncom falloutlorecast. and we have a new patron this week. Again, another new one. Uh, I'm gonna mess up this name. Is it Ruiko? Ruiko is a tier two patron. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate your support and welcome to the patreon community if you want to jump in the discord just make sure i know what your name is in there so i can get you into the patreon part of the discord and thank you so much for your support ruiko i hope i pronounced that correctly so um if you're interested in joining the patreon the the big things that you're going to get now are all the things that you get from the different tiers but especially everybody who Subscribes, even at the $1 level, tier one subscribers will get ad-free content. They will get these shows with no ads because if you're going to pay for it, then you deserve an ad-free experience. And then two, you also are going to get the extended version of these episodes, starting with this episode today, where we are building out a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing and the first thing that we've got going and and you know what I'm going to do is this episode today is going to be a sneak peek at the beginning of the uh, this adventure for everybody. I'm going to put this out there on all the all the feeds. So even if you aren't a patron, you can get kind of a, a, a sneak peek at what we're doing. Just get a taste of it. See if it's something that you want to support. And if you're interested in even supporting at $1 on the Patreon, then you can get access to the RSS feed with no ads and all the future decisions that you get to chip in there's going to be polls on the patreon where you get to help decide what happens next and you're going to get to see how that plays out and it's going to be a quick little thing at the end of the show five to ten minutes probably at the most but over time we're going to create this story and it's just going to grow and grow and grow and you guys are going to help collaboratively tell this story and i'm super excited about it so stick around at the very end of the episode for that and Uh, let's see if you also want to help support the show. The other great way to do that is by leaving a review on iTunes, a rating and a review. And this week we have some new ones to share. So our first one comes from Madam Whovian from the United States who writes discover by accident five stars. I was browsing through podcasts to listen at work. I'm a housekeeper at a hotel. I've been playing Fallout 4. I just love I just oh, I just fell fell in love with this game. This is by far the best podcast. So much good information about the series. Thank you for this. Well, you're welcome, madam. I do appreciate that. I'm glad I can help you enjoy your work time a little bit better. I'm sure that's quite the interesting job to be a housekeeper at a hotel. I'm sure you see all sorts of crazy stuff all the time. Maybe you would have a good idea for a uh, vault or wasteland situation um, <laughs> Write me and let me know. Then we have one from um, Bab MD from the United States who writes hoarding episodes five stars. And and Bab MD, I noticed actually the first time I looked at this, and on the app I use to kind of aggregate all the different reviews, so I can see reviews from other areas outside the United States, it still shows five stars. But if you happen to look on iTunes, it looks like a three star review. I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe something accidentally got clicked. But it sounds like a five-star review, and I have a feeling that's originally what you intended it to be, so I'm going to read it anyway, because what you say here is awesome. So thank you so much. I uh, um, BabMD wrote, started listening to the show last week and made myself stop so I can download them and binge listen on an upcoming flight to Cambodia. Wow, I'm sure that's a long flight from the U.S. to Cambodia. Uh, What are you doing in Cambodia? That sounds super interesting. Uh, Maybe you are from there or have family over there. That's awesome. Um, Have played New Vegas, Fallout 4, then Fallout 3. So I'm familiar with the lore, but find it really interesting and insightful to hear it presented and discussed so well. Robots, I'm counting on you not only educate and entertain me on this 26-hour journey, but also help me fall asleep. (laughs) Thanks for the great podcast. Well, go listen to Sleepy Time Stories. I haven't been keeping up with that as much, but there are a few episodes out there which should help that for uh, many reasons. Um, (laughs) Maybe not the content, but the delivery, I guess. And um, this episode, I'm kind of recording in the middle of the night, so my voice is probably a little bit more quiet than you usual so maybe this episode will help too just put it on repeat you'll be fine all right well thank you for the reviews and the ratings from everybody i really do appreciate it and stay tuned for your sneak peek of the choose your own adventure from fallout Lorecast. It's been three days since you left your home. Your home in the Commonwealth. You and your wife. Everything seemed fine in Diamond City until the mob showed up. Using that word again. Synth. Synth. Except this time they were pointing at your wife. You knew she couldn't be a synth. You'd been accused of it before, but had somehow always gotten through the accusal and proven to them that you're just as human as everyone else. But this time they were coming after her. And you weren't going to stand for that. So after a scuff, kind of a brawl, really, You told her to run and she took off and you were able to keep them at bay long enough for her to grab a few things, head out that back door. And somehow she must have made it over the wall and she was gone. You talked about this before. If things were going to get too hot and heavy, you'd planned to head into the mountains, potentially towards Appalachia. You'd heard maybe things were better over there but you weren't sure. And so it's been three days. You've think you're following her trail. It's you're not a tracker. It's really hard to tell, but you are making your way through the wilderness. And this morning you feel a little bit more fortunate. You found the remnants of a motel with the rough remnants of a bed and a mattress. So, When you got to that motel last night after traveling all day, you were exhausted. You just fell down and went to sleep. And this is the first time you've woken up and really taken a look at your surroundings. You get up and you look in the mirror. And you notice scrawled on the mirror is your name. How did your name get here? Why was it written on this mirror in, is that... Makeup? A woman's makeup? You look at yourself in the face and you see. And this is where we leave off. So check out the Patreon because you guys are going to help describe what you look like and what your name is. We'll continue this next time. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast.